Hello, everybody. It's uh, Trevor Talks Titans with Jordan. It's the number one best uh, only Titans uh, recap podcast in America. I'm Trevor Drinkwater. And I'm Jordan. Host Jordan. Hi. Here hello. Uh, uh, this, oh, please, go ahead. You, this, you do it. This is season two, episode four, Aqualad. Uh, well, uh, this is the big flashback episode that I've been anticipating, and my prediction was right. Aqualad is the one that gets killed fast. I can, actually, I can't remember if I actually said that on the podcast. You did. You not was... only you predicted almost everything. You're like, Deathstroke kills Aqualad. Yeah. Yeah, and this was actually. It turns out this appears to be just the first part of what will ultimately be a multi-part flashback that I think will probably play out over the course of the season. Uh, because I don't think they'll do multiple full flashback episodes in a row. I got to be honest with you, Jordan. Uh, you know, uh, when when you brought to my attention that there are actually people that listen to this show and get mad at us and call us haters and trolls, uh, I got really excited. And it makes me want to really embrace uh, my role as a Titans hater. And... Uh, tell those people if you're listening if you're listening to this and you enjoy titans uh you're a doofus uh it's a bad show doesn't work you've got a problem with your brain uh your parents are probably ashamed of you uh (laughs) and you should grow up and get a fucking clue but oh no it got worse it got really bad trevor can i call one of my friends out (laughs) uh sure so a uh, friend of mine named lisa listened to the first three episodes and no friend of mine you're such. You're so. This is such a funny show. The way you present it's hilarious. This sounds bad. I gotta. I gotta watch this show to find out just how bad it is. So she got the the seven day trial and binged it and said it's actually pretty good. Well, and then I, she re-listened to the episodes and then went, oh, oh shit, you're right. She re-listened. Someone actually listened to this more than once and watch the show that just sounds like punishment it is and it's like i mean i respect lisa enough that's like okay i get it but but please handle with care do not watch titans we don't even i don't even look forward to recording this it requires me to think more about the show than i really want to it's uh all that all that all that aside i have to say I honestly, I'm not pulling your leg. I thought this episode was all right. I really didn't hate it. And it's still not a good show. It's, I think the best that Titans can be is sort of like mediocre. Like the best it can aspire to be is like pretty good for like a CW style teen show. Uh, And I thought that this episode basically achieved that. The flashback with the, seeing the past with the old Titans, uh, I kind of enjoyed that. Uh, they make a more compelling team than the present day Titans on the show, who are mostly obnoxious. Uh, and uh, I thought it did a pretty decent job. There weren't really any like huge, really like sort of like appallingly bad choices. Uh, I thought Aqualad was fine. Um, he uh, his character was kind of pushy pushy a little too aggressive kind of annoying but i thought that was fine for a character that we only have to deal with for one episode uh his his sort of uh persistent uh 
pursuit of Donna was, uh, I didn't really particularly like it, but it's the kind of thing from the kind of show this is trying to be. So this isn't like how I envision the Teen Titans. It's not how I would do the show, but I thought this episode basically succeeded at being the kind of show it tries to be. Whereas most other episodes, I feel like it doesn't even pull off being like a shitty CW style teen drama. It's like a bad version of that. I thought this one sort of stood out and was pretty good. good this... But like good for what it is. It's the best of the worst. Um, hey, for, so? First of all, this is actually now, I think, the shortest episode of the season so far. Oh, well, that minutes. might be part of why I liked it. <laughs> I was actually, I was surprised. It didn't feel longer than it was. Like, the first couple episodes, to me, felt like they were just never going to end. This one, I thought, went by a pretty steady clip. When we got to uh, the end, I was like, oh, it's over already. Okay. Watching that wasn't terrible. I'm going into this. Uh, you say it was uh, Aqualad was the was the main character. I would say this time around the the star of it was actually the introduction to Jericho. Uh, in this. I don't know if Aqualad's def- necessarily the main character. Um, I mean, it's like the star. I like, it's like who was the winner? Who was the big? Okay, well they they seem to be setting it up for another flashback episode that's more Jericho centric. Because oh, and that okay. So there are two things that that are fucked up to me about this episode despite me just saying it was pretty good makes the whole love triangle between dick uh don and hank even more confusing because in this flashback five years ago are like openly dating not hank and don and but hank is like still on the team and he's like oh he's cool with it and he's like happy he doesn't seem to like they don't like show us any indication that Hank is like pissed off or resentful that his girlfriend has left him for Dick Grayson, which doesn't really gel at all with what we saw in the first season because like it seemed like when we were first introduced to Hank and Don, Hank hated his guts and we sort of were given the impression that she cheated on him with Hank. But now in this flashback, it's Dick and Don that are together and Hank is just like fine. They don't even like, give us a hint. They don't even give us a little shot of him glancing sideways at Dick. He's just cool about it. So that doesn't really make sense to me. The only, the other thing is that uh, I believe in that final scene, which was kind of a silly scene where, where, where Dick uh, confronts Jericho at the record store to like befriend him over a mutual love of David Bowie, David Bowie vinyl records. Yeah, he's tra- trading a David Bowie record with him, which is like, so is Jericho a, a customer at the store? Or does he work there? At first, I thought he was an employee, but then Dick comes in and says, hey, I'll trade you this record for that record, which is like, let's not have stores work. You can't just trade stuff. Jericho's just a loyal customer of the store, and uh, he was, so. I don't know. The record trading thing was weird. Oh, so, we'll get into that. As we, as but like basically, always, <laughs> I'm you got to do your recap part, which I'm not looking forward to. But um, I, I'll just get this last thought out, and then you can let loose. Uh, basically, what's happening there is that Dick knows that Jericho is Deathstroke's son, and is gonna like try to befriend him in order to get close to Jericho. But that just makes it even weirder 
that earlier in this season when they met Rose that he didn't immediately figure out that Rose was Deathstroke's daughter. So that's another like weird thing that doesn't connect. I don't think they really thought through. Anyway, I know I know you want to do your recap, so you can go ahead and do that part now. We can recap it and then go through bit by bit what happened. First, the the silly recap of hey, hey. Uh, Deathstroke's still alive. We got to stop it. Then we go into a flashback sequence of five know, it years. Was, it was a flashback from the beginning. To all the stuff with Deathstroke in the beginning was also part of the flashback. We go to five years ago, and there is essentially you see. Uh, a hunky Deathstroke uh, get out of the shower, put on an eye patch, and then through some music uh, in the worst visual effects I have seen so far in this show. Really? Did you think that part was that bad? What was so bad about it? It was just people getting shot. Oh, no. First was the, the hip lawyer getting shot at. Yeah. Then people in prison getting shot at. An attorney going, I got the case. Oof, I got shot at. And then you see what I assume is like a politician, like a senator no, or a governor. That was the judge. The judge. The what judge we were seeing gets... here was, was, I think, everybody involved in a criminal case getting taken out. It seemed like both lawyers, two defendants, and the judge were all getting assassinated. And I can't really understand what kind of situation this would be where you need to take out everyone including the judge i mean killing the the defendants makes sense because maybe some criminal organization doesn't want to get ratted on or whatever but in what situation would you need to take out both lawyers and the judge i don't really understand so the visual um, effect then is the stab sequence of the judge I busted out laughing at how bad it was because there was a big open space where if the Deathstroke did do a stabbing, he would show up there, but it was apparently in the shot. Also, the- It was uh, a long sword. His long sword apparently is just clean cut when he gets stabbed. It also made the judge's tumbler explode, which I thought doesn't really make sense physically uh, because there was no- like leverage it wasn't against a wall or something i feel like it would maybe just knock the glass out of his hand so that was kind of odd uh and then green is is introduced again in this case we don't know Inter- if this wintergreen like, yeah wintergreen is we don't know if this is like the first introduction to wintergreen with deathstroke or this is like the second or thank no, you for no, getting they, no they clearly know each other they, he knows who he is he's been work, doing contracts for him because he's like, oh, you didn't have to come here in person. Like, they clearly have an established relationship. Deathstroke then drives his car to an apartment complex. He sees a window, and he sees what we don't know yet. But, folks, this is the uh, this is the mom, and this is Jericho. We're introduced wife, to Jericho, Jericho, and we're introduced to uh, Adeline. Uh, they've and... made um they've made Deathstroke's family situation a little bit less complicated here, uh, because originally Jericho it, and his wife are all white Americans, and his daughter Rose is uh, the illegitimate daughter of him and like a Vietnamese prostitute. Um, but it looks like they tried to simplify that a little bit and make them all one family. Yes, it, it sounds to Just me like they're little... actually trying to go with some sort of 
they're trying to show that this is actually the one bit of empathy that Slade actually has. Because uh, it seems Maybe. like to him, it's like, yes, I'm this wanted man who's a mercenary, but I want to make sure my kids are safe. So I'm going to look out the window for protecting before but, I go on my merry way. But uh, he is the one that gave uh, Jericho that big scar on his neck. So that's sympathetic. Yes, th- we do get to see Jericho's scar and we get to see Jericho in the kitchen make a nice tasty Lasaga. J- J- Jericho is mute. Because of a terrible injury he sustained from his dad slitting his throat um, and trying to kill him, so uh, that yeah, isn't you never mind about the sympathy episode. vote. Yeah, uh, I mean they don't establish that in the episode, but that is the which is weird because uh, the the actor is is not only trans but also deaf, so he's not playing a deaf character; he's playing a mute character. Yeah. But oh, they're still know, showing. Uh, I didn't even know he was trans. Yes. Uh, so, and you know what? I say he was a good. He's the star of this episode because was, in this you still great. see him be this energetic, happy like kid while talking to his mom, and just like as you see the surprise lasagna, it's like everything's fine. But then, as we look out the window, uh oh, terror happened right at the payphone. Adeline closes the doors, and they say, we kind of have to be in hiding for a bit. Cue the theme song. And now we go, I guess, still five years in the past. Car screeches. And uh, I think Wintergreen was out to get the, the, the kid and Adeline. That's Talking and about. there was some henchmen as well. And they're like, "Hey, look at look at this guy!" What that, was that, that scene that scene had nothing to do with Deathstroke or Wintergreen. That was just a random family that was being carjacked and that, in the same we were, apartment area as. I don't know if it was meant to be the same. That might just be like a limitation on how many sets and locations they have. But this was just supposed to cut to the Titans and establish them as a team. The the original yes. Titans. You get to see Dick Grayson, but he's not jokey Dick Grayson. He's still like a piece of shit. Hair's so a little it's like, shaggier because nope. he's younger. So he's still kind of a sucky person. Uh, you see, you see Hawk. You see Dove. Dove is still Dove. Hawk is like a, actually the jokey person. It turns out. It. I'm so confused by Hawk and especially what's going on between him and Dove here because whenever they're fighting crime, Hawk and Dove are still like paired together, like they're partners. Uh, At this didn't... point in the story, they're no, not together romantically and she's with Dick. It's very confusing to me. Donna then hang, Donna then looks out gra- and then uh, we are first introduced to Aqualad. Aqualad's like, I got a hang of it. Donna pulls the fire extinguisher, I believe, with the lasso, and then using the magic of water bending, like if it's Avatar the Last Airbender, uh, Aqualad gets to drench the uh, the carjacker. And then they celebrate a big birthday party for Aqualad. It's Aqualad's birthday, friends. Yeah, and so did I hear all of this correctly? I, they had one of the characters very deliberately say that Aqualad was one year older. Th- oh, 
No, maybe, I actually was here. They were probably just saying he's a year older. I thought they were trying to establish what all the characters' ages were, but I think I just heard it wrong. But Aqualad it's five at this years point ago. They say he's in his. They say Dick is in his twenties, so it's twenty-five-year-old Dick Grayson. Uh, you see him putting his arm over Dove. You assume, like, oh, they might be together because they're very flirty with yeah, each very, other. They're very clearly together and openly, and Hank does not have any problem with that, which is very weird. Hank is drinking a beer. He's like, happy birthday, Garf. You know, it's great to be with you. Best friends forever. Earth, they which do sounds a lot melody- like Gar. So that's a little slightly confusing, but you know. And then Gar gets talks for the, basically at the second time, and this time around he has an Australian accent. You keep talking about that, but I'm not. I don't really pick up on that. He sounded his accent sounded fine to me. I didn't, no, this, this time around I think it was supposed to be Australian, like no, New Zealand. No, like they're trying to go not. for a, like a. No, they weren't. You're imagining that. He had a, an, an American accent. He sounded normal to me. Oh, well, it's still like his only appearance. And then we get to the flash uh, flash forward flashback scene after a melodramatic scene about Donna and Dove, about, uh, about romance and love in regards to Aqualad. Also, we get to see some good stuff because now we're introduced to the next scene. We got to have our villain and we need to have the overlaying part. So, did you know Dr. Light is a bad guy? Yep. We're reintroduced to Dr. Light here. We now get to see him in the past where he was the same. Uh, he's, he was already with the doing second bad worst stuff. visual effects of his light hand. Uh, the, 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 the CGI and stuff doesn't really bother me because I know it's a pretty low budget show. And they're doing these crazy light effects and water effects and stuff. It's, you know, I don't ex- really expect too much out of that. But uh, we do actually finally get him to give his reasons for why he's doing what he does. He's vindictive over some project involving the company he worked at. Has some kind of professional jealousy because he's apparently not a very good a scientist and the other scientists think he's shitty and he's like got jealous about it and now we cut back to the titan's tower everyone's like here's your cake oh, i don't want to hear birth i want to hear dick grayson sing happy birthday let's all have a happy photo together and sing the birthday song and then there's a polaroid picture which is funny when you consider that they didn't really bring up the fact of aqualad in season one <laughs> they had not yet decided that this was going to be the backstory they're clearly they clearly didn't come into this with like a very specific idea of what the backstory was they're kind of piecing it as they go along uh then dick grayson goes to the back computer we'll just say it's the back computer and uh dove basically sits on his lap and makes out it's a wonderful time back to the birthday again donna has some candles Apparently, there's still candles. There's no lights to turn on. There's no explanation as to why, other than they brought up the the power surge that Dr. Light created. In a one-sentence, off-the-cuff remark as to why there's candles all over the tower. didn't even notice that. I just, that part just whizzed right by me. 
so candles all over the place, and then we get to the fir- the the actual arc. Donna Troy is thinking of leaving to go back to Paradise Island with with Wonder Woman to train and be a better uh, superhero, but has to make a huge decision because staying with the Titans means staying with Aqualad. Anyway, it's a good time for Dr. Light to try and rob a bank. And by bank, I mean Gallery of San Francisco. Meanwhile, at the same gallery, uh, uh, we are introduced to, I forgot her name, the the assistant lady. Uh, Who basically is like the main... Ardian? Yeah, she's... She's, somebody, that... she's someone from Themyscira who is like uh, responsible for for watching over Donna for some reason. Even she's apparently a grown adult at this point, but for some reason this this Amazon this kind of elderly Amazon woman is in the in this San elderly Francisco Amazonian there. woman who looks like she's a museum curator because they're walking around a museum. That is in reality just a college campus that they put prop sculptures in. Yeah, I guess that's uh, what uh, Amazons do in the real world. They work at museums. Wonder Woman works at a museum, in the movies at least. And uh, this lady also works at a museum. Because they're old. They're from the ancient world, so they uh, are especially good at uh, curating stuff. As Dr. Light tries to make his move, and I believe tried to rob a bank, firefighters are depleting, and we try to rescue people. Uh, Hank and Aqualad, Dick and Dove, uh, all try to investigate the area in the process. Then we cut straight to the back computer, so it doesn't matter. Aqualad... yeah, uh, Donna and Garth. The the romantic tension between the two of them is weird. It's never exactly clear to me how Donna is supposed to feel about him. She's she seems like super hesitant and maybe even a little bit like uh, uh, creeped out by his persistent advances. Uh, but ultimately, I guess no she does s- like him also. And it still makes no sense if we consider the construct of the Hank and Don episode season one, which is supposed to show the connection of of Don and Hank and how they met and why their bond is very strong compared to any other Titan. I don't know what that has to do with Donna and Aqualad. Oh sure. no! Here, here's why: because of that connection, why does it make? Why does Dick Grayson show up and try and and get romantic with oh, Don? Yeah, no, when, that- yeah, that part's weird. That doesn't make it. That doesn't. That doesn't make any sense. I'm talking about the Donna and Aqualad relationship, though, which is confusing in its own way. Especially because, because they've been friends since uh, he was 12, which we know is 10 years ago, because we established he just turned 22. Oh no! It gets worse because you, you hear time you and time think- again in this episode. I've crushed on on Donna since I was twelve. I've yeah, crushed like, since I was Robin. I just I just loved I just love. And so it's like, the, why the fuck Robin, do you have Aqualad? You're like, are you mixing up two different characters? I don't know what you're talking no, about. No, no, I'm 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 comparing a Robin to Donna to Aqualad to Donna. That's supposed to be the love triangle in this. 
No, there's no romance between Dick and Donna. They're just friends. I don't know where you're getting that from. In this in this episode, they try to establish that. No, they definitely don't. You're completely imagining that. Then I am drinking on the job. Uh, you're like, uh, no, Aqualad is the one talking about how he's crushed on her since he was 12. But like, if you've been friends with someone for 10 years and liked them the whole time, and tried to get with them and it hasn't happened yet. That's weird to me. Like, has he just been nonstop hitting on her for 10 years the whole time that they've been And it been seems like that. <laughs> it's like at a certain point, like you either get together or it just doesn't work out. And maybe you don't really be friends anymore because it's weird to constantly hit on your friend for years. But somehow it's taken him this long to wear down her defenses he just keeps on pushing it and pushing it. Her nostalgia. So, so they share an orange soda. soda. Pop. It's a spicy soda that she apparently used to really like. And they found it. And then we go back to another computer. It's great. Uh, they look at a laptop. They get more information about, I guess. They're figuring out who Dr. Light is on the computer and flirting and bonding over a spicy soda. Donna looks at a photograph after this. Dick Grayson still looks at a laptop. Aqualad and Dick Grayson become friends again. And they talk about Donna. Oh, this is the... You're right. This is why I'm getting confused. No, the whole... Dick is like... Seems totally supportive of the two of them. I know. You know why I'm getting confused? Because I'm looking at the scene right now. They're both wearing almost the exact same outfit. Blue shirt... Blue, I think you dark might... blue denim. Face Same height, by the way. I should point this out. I think you might have face blindness or something. I'm not sure how. I mean, Aqualad clearly had color hair and a beard. And, like, it's it's pretty obvious to me which one of them is talking it <laughs> at is. a given time. Uh, <laughs> Donna then enters the scene. Yeah. Anyway. I was confused when you told me that there was a thing between Dick and Donna because I was watching it and I was like, what is he talking about? That's not happening here. Anyway, so Dr. Light's... We're, just to speed through, it's 30 minutes in. Dr. Light starts his big laser maze. Let's speed it up. Laser maze thing. Titans are here. Pew, pew, pew. Remember Iron Man 2 with the uh, the whiplash and all that? We'd have that again. We saw a whiplash thing. Aqualad's there, okay. saves the day. Aqualad's the true hero of the Titans. Uh, Robin breaks the light socket thing and electrocutes Dr. Light. Uh, Donna helps Aqualad. They all smile. Happy times. Makeouts. Makeout, makeout, makeout time. After 10 years of nonstop hitting on his friend Donna and Donna seeing seeming slightly creeped out or scared or concerned, uh, she finally gives in. She, her defenses are worn down and she finally gives it up in the just most before TV... walking out and abandoning him. Uh, they both tick off their shirts. Donna still has a bra on. They do the little make it on the bed. Yeah. They're both happy. Yeah, people know what hooking up looks like. Yeah, you know what sex looks like, right? Just pretend they, they had the sex. Anyway, he wakes up. Sex. Donna's not on the bed. 
but the spicy soda is. Yeah, that that doesn't make sense because it's still nighttime. Because they established that Don is leaving at midnight, uh, but somehow she ma- just after having sex, she managed to slip out and put a spicy soda in her place without him noticing. Like he took a nap for a little while or something. Amazonian lady take goes with Donna to the helipad. Aqualad confronts her. Hey, I I will miss you. Take me with you. I love you. Please stay here. Like every single cliche thing you can ever hear in a the the I need to go pilot airport scene in a looks, movie. It looks a little pathetic. Uh, he's understandably very upset, though. It is fucked up that Donna didn't even tell him that she was leaving, you know? He didn't say goodbye. Everyone's, like, pissed slightly. Dick apparently intervened, and because t- Dick is the only one that Donna talked to about leaving before taking off. Kind of shitty. And when Dick found out that, like, they had just hooked up for the first time and she didn't even tell Aqualad she was going... Dick apparently stepped in and told him what was up so Aqualad could go confront her. So uh, Aqualad then walks away thinking like, I, I, fuck you, I'm leaving, bye-bye. Donna then has that change of heart, runs to him, gives him the big old hug and smooch, I love you. Amazon Lee wants to start the, the, the jet. Uh, suddenly, you hear like a gunshot noise. Uh, Aqualad turns to the site in the a really bad slow motion. And oops, a bullet, a bad matrix level bullet goes through Aqualad. He yeah, gets I, shot I, in I the helipad. We find yeah, out it's go. Deathstroke through a zoom in effect. Like it's something straight out of red versus blue. Amazonian lady throws a blade. It cuts the bullet, almost hits Deathstroke. He turns away and protects Donna. I don't think you should be able to kill Aqualad by just shooting him with a gun. That seems a little... Because, I mean, Aquaman, at least in the movie, is bulletproof. The bullets don't hurt him. Uh, but maybe other Atlanteans aren't as strong, as aren't as invulnerable as Aquaman is. I don't know. Has special, like, magical Atlantean killing bullets. Yeah, it's, it's kind of how it goes. I, yeah, probably. Um, yes, anyway. usually, usually in these stories, they have to come up with reasons for characters like not to die or not stay dead. Whereas in this episode of this show, uh, they specifically needed Aquaman, Aqualad to be dead. Looks like you can just shoot a gun and kill him. It's that easy. Oh, that's supposed to be a uh, Jillian. Jillian. Yeah, Jillian is her name. Anyway, who Jillian throws a knife. Like, Who's Jillian? Like a, you already said that part. Who's Jillian? The 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 Amazonian lady. Oh, I know. I mean, who is that? Is that a character that I should know? Who no, that is? it just says Amazonian okay. woman. First episode, Aqualad. Okay. Pro- protector of Donna. That's it. You said, you said that's Jillian in a way that made me think I should like recognize. No, no, no one should know. It's it's a new character for a new yeah. Titans. But that's yeah, uh, that's apparently who the character is that we're talking about. It's like who is this lady we've never really seen in comics, or they didn't want to bring in Wonder Woman or any other recognizable characters. They just made up a character to like be her her little babysitter. They got babysitter, 
Blades hit bullets. Donna's, of course, severely upset because I just lost a, a, a person I just had sex with three minutes ago before leaving. She she loved him. Weren't you paying attention? They love each other now. Uh, so much so that he's, she said goodbye, obviously, before leaving. Because uh, <laughs> what, what, she, what she likes about him is his pushy, entitled nature. So she didn't realize that she loved him so much until he showed up at the airport angrily yelling at her, de- <laughs> demanding that she stay. And then she's like, oh, I do love him now. He lies on the asphalt. It's actually not that bad of a death sequence. Back at the museum slash city hall slash college campus... Deathstroke uh, just kind of runs away. He takes out Aqualad and then just gets out of there. He doesn't even try to get Donna to. Yeah, and not only that, why would they go back to the museum if the jet's already there? Wouldn't they? Wouldn't logically you would be like, shit, there's someone going after us. Let's get in the jet and get the fuck out of here and go to Paradise Island. Well, no, because then Donna wanted to stay and figure out what was going on. It wouldn't make sense for her to just leave right after the guy she loved just got killed right in front of her. Even if it's just like, let's get the jet and go to a different city for like, a, like go to LA, you're in San Francisco technically. But now Donna knows her friends are probably in danger too. And the three remaining Titans all don't have superpowers and she does. So it would have been pretty fucked up for her to just abandon them, not even go back and tell them what happened. Or, like, explain, but just, like, get the fuck out of there. That would have been... Anyway, Jillian files the extension for another six months. Have fun. In the Titans room, uh, Donna. Back at the computer, Dick Grayson's trying to figure out who everyone is and who Deathstroke is. And which then we cut back to five years later... Oh, man, that's Slade Wilson. No, that's, that's Deathstroke. Later. What are you talking about? It's still it's still the same time. Oh, no, they do a flash forward. They do a flash forward at the end before going to a flashback. Oh, there's, there's, a, there's a one week later flash forward at the end. Yeah, but it all takes place five years ago. In that same Slade Wilson military pick, the same, by the way, which I will say is at least a nice concept is this is a positive i'll say besides jericho and adeline uh in if you remember correctly when they first found out it was uh deathstroke this time around uh in season two they had that same shot and the same turn and look at dick grayson and dick grayson looks like annoyed when they find out it's, it's slayed this time around it's oh shit it's it's slayed there's, there's also a really weird thing where um, we didn't mention earlier in the scene where Don, where Dick and Dawn are making out and she like makes some comment about Batman. Dick is like, oh, you want me to be Batman? And she's like, no, I don't want you to be Batman. But now when they're looking at the picture of, uh, of Deathstroke Wilson. and talking about getting revenge on him, uh, she like turns to Dick and she's like, it's time to be Batman. <laughs> So, so you really don't have a choice now. You have to be Batman, even yeah, though. Like, first of all, who, lady, uh, what the fuck? What do you think you're doing? Like telling him when he can and can't be Batman, and also, why does he need to be Batman in order to 
<laughs> fucking take down uh, Deathstroke. Why can't he just be himself and do it? That's a really weird and kind of messed up thing. Unless say, for some so, reason when you there know is that... like, uh, unless for some reason there is some sort of like, this is the reason he doesn't want to be Batman is because we're about to find out why. <laughs> yeah, uh, in in like the I th- the second part of this two part flashback, I think we're gonna see uh, Dick Grayson go too far and do something messed up. Maybe Jericho's gonna get killed because of him because he's doing his little like. Uh, his little covert op of pretending to be Which is kind Jericho's of like a bizarre version of the Jews contract, but I could see that. Yeah, I think something like that's going to happen, and I think that's going to like sort of explain why the other old Titans characters are kind of uh, are kind of like so concerned about Dick and think he's kind of messed up. I haven't seen anything that explains why they kind of. Uh, treat dick that way or why they're like so like worried about him putting the titans back together so presumably we're going to go see dick cross the line and go too far or be too much like batman and the mute kid is going to get killed because of him and they're all going to be like whoa dick that's fucked up and then the titans are going to break up that's my prediction i've been right this person I've been hey, right about everything our so scene. far. This is it. This is the best scene. The, our favorite scene of the episode. Good store scene. We kind of already explained all The music that. scene. Lady's like, hey, what's happening? Need any help? Call an ass. Dick Grayson's like, hey, that's a nice David Bowie album you got. I would trade you for this David Bowie limited edition UKLP of Space Oddity. He says, uh, he says he, he, it's actually Ziggy Stardust, but he says you're going to have to fight me for it. Unless you'd rather trade for this one. <laughs> and, and the thing is, with this one, though, this is the first time I would say we actually saw a Dick Grayson that I can vaguely say, yeah, that's Dick Grayson, actually. Because he's like a cheerful kind of like, you can tell he has a... But he's, but he's, sure, but he's faking it. It's not he is, real. He's faking he's like he's like a, a hidden agenda friendly. all along with this. Well, presumably he's done enough research to not only figure out who Slade Wilson's son is, but to know that he's a huge David Bowie fan, that he's a vinyl music fan as a regular customer at that particular record store. And then I guess use the wealth at his disposal to get copy of a rare UK uh, pressing of uh, Ziggy Stardust, just, just so he can show up there and do that little kind of trick to endear himself. And win favor uh, to Jericho. Uh, to the kid. Which, we're, which which then goes to, hey, have you seen this wall? There's a lot of interesting things in Artifact. If he, but if he did that much uh, Batman-style detective work to get to the bottom of who uh, Slade Wilson is, where his family is, and, then that just then that makes it make no sense that he didn't know who Rose was when he first saw her. Because Rose is his other kid and like it would have made so much more sense if in that scene in episode two which was what i thought was going to happen when they see rose on tv dick should have been like oh shit it's rose it's deathstroke's kid i gotta you know but instead he had no idea who she was until the titan's computer decoded her identity somehow and like if he if he figured out enough about deathstroke's family that he knows that his uh, 
mute son is like a David Bowie fan and like used that against him. But he didn't even know that he Slade also had a daughter. Peter me. Hi, Jericho. He also signals his name is Jericho. And then the lady at the this is the two of my here's my two favorite parts of that scene. The the lady goes like, Yeah, that's Jericho. Uh I gotta go now. <laughs> and then leaves. Like that's like the that's like if you were really in the DC universe and had a job with this bullshit, you'd just be like, Yeah, I gotta go now. This is too awkward for me. Bye. I thought I'm kind of surprised that they didn't just have Dick no uh, sign language. I would have thought that would be uh, almost in character for this show to have him just show up and just speaking sign language to Jericho uh, because that's that's it, actually a big criticism. I thought he would be doing that too. I mean, because I'm pretty sure Nightwing in the comics speaks like 20 languages somehow, so it's and not then, too much of a stretch to imagine that he could learn ASL over, over the course of a week just to make friends with with Jericho. And then as we approach the, as then he goes and does his trick, is like, hey, we should look at that artifact. We'll look at all these cool features. As soon as Jericho's like smiling, like, oh yeah, let's look, I want to make a friend with this guy. The last like frame you see is Dick Grayson going from a big smile to a Batman scowl. And we're led to assume bad things about to happen. It's time to be Batman. And then we hear some James Brown. That's the end credit sequence. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, I thought this episode was pretty good. I didn't hate watching it. Obviously, there are lots of problems that I could point to on the lots scale. Of, I, I mean, I, I kind of showed off all the major issues like online, such as the uh, like, imagine you never saw the show and this was the sequence that like the Deathstroke killing Aqualad scene. I thought that was kind of like silly. And the Deathstroke, basically anything with Deathstroke is a little too uh, cheap on my end. But I did love Jericho, and I thought any scene with Jericho was actually a bit heartfelt, at least to me. Maybe that's why I got fucked over with with Deathstroke watching over for the kid. Uh, And that's why I I fucked up in the very beginning of this episode. Uh, But we also kind of actually kind of have like a, I would say the B plot with Donna leaving was actually not that bad. Wasn't that bad, except I never fully understood what the deal was, why she wanted to leave so bad. Was it just because of like, she was like afraid of having a relationship with Aqualad because she knew she'd have to go back eventually. I think so. Remember this is is the Amazonians. So it's kind of, It's they're oh. called there's called Amazons by the way, not Amazonians. But um, oh. <laughs> Amazonians would be from the Amazon. Which no wonder not. people are getting pissed at this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I I don't worry, loyal listeners. I'm here to set Jordan straight. You know, I got maybe reread that, but you know what? The good by thing the about way, the DC Universe service is I can reread these old Wonder Woman issues and uh, have a good time. Yeah, they're called Amazon. Amazonians are from the Amazon. Amazons are not. They're from Themyscira, which is basically an offshoot of ancient Greece. So uh, D- D- the DC Titan show still is not that bad, but this was a good episode. I want to see where they go with Jericho in this. I want s- I'm so much more interested in what's going on in the flashbacks of five years ago than the current. Than yeah, the there was no day. Rachel. There was no Jason. I don't 
don't care about Rachel, and I especially don't care about Beast Boy. There is uh, no Starfire. There was no Beast Boy. This was a good flag. Like, the flashback episode, I think, was why it kind of worked. It's because we're introducing slightly back characters. You're kind of now figuring out who Donna is instead of just Dick Grayson went out of his way to basically say, fuck you, Rachel, in the first season to hang out with her. This could have just been the show. It could have just been like this. It should have uh, been this. I, I still think Hawk and, they, and Dove are like the still the two best like Titans characters. Yeah. Uh, I think that whoever the guy that plays Hank is, is hands down the best and most charismatic actor of any of these people. Um, he wasn't really given a lot to do in this episode, which is weird. It seems to align very much with, uh, with uh, Dick's fantasies of cucking Hank, like in, the first season finale when you see his fake future and he's married to Donna and Hank is like their handyman, like painting their baby's room flashback for is them. Hawk is the cuck. <laughs> In the flashback too, like Hank, Dick, it, it almost seems like this flashback takes place in, in, uh, in Dick's fantasy world because he and Donna, <laughs> he and, I mean, Don, he and Don are in this happy relationship and Hank is just there smiling, cracking jokes. Yeah, I'll be a handyman, whatever. We don't see any of the like anger and resentment that we associated with Hank in the first season. Uh, they, I'd really like it if they gave him more to do in this in this flashbacks. Like, I don't. They could have like sort of uh, shown him sort of uh, mistrusting Dick or like not being happy about the fact that he stole his girlfriend, especially since you know. And, and Don's backstory, we saw them sort of being uh, uh, bound together by like shared trauma. It seems like especially weird. A little Dick Grayson would just swoop in and steal his girl. And he unless that's going to be a new character it. plot, like Dick Grayson's actually like a homewrecker. It doesn't matter what relationship you have. If Dick Grayson's involved, it's going to get fucked over. Yeah, I mean that's already. I mean they basically already established that. Like. In the first season, when they referred to it, I got the impression that Don that Don had just cheated with Dick, uh, but that she had still been with Hank the whole time, and that was why Hank like hated Dick so much. But I think it's going to turn out that like Dick's going to do some fucked up stuff, you know, because <laughs> Don told him to be Batman. Batman mode activated, so now he's going to be Batman and do I'm some Batman. Stuff. He's going to break. I think I you said that the this version of the Jericho character is supposed to be gay, right? Is that true? Uh, it's trans and well, the actor is trans and that. and deaf. This one we have mute, so we might assume it is gay. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know, but I mean, I kind of wonder if Dick is gonna like play with Jericho's heart a little bit, like lead him on, <laughs> let them to believe that they're more than friends, but he's actually just using her to get to death Star. that's almost it's almost like a reverse uh judas contract where dick is the one uh uh taking advantage of an emotionally vulnerable young person to get to his enemy if something like that were to happen and it led to like emotional ruin then maybe that would be the reason why hank hates him so much and why don is so worried about although hank doesn't seem to hate him anymore but in the first season when they first are reunited, Hank seemed to really not like him. Yes. I don't know. It would make a lot. Right. Of, it would make a lot of sense to me 
if Hank seemed even a little bit perturbed by the fact that uh, his girlfriend has been stolen by this this little rich boy. Uh, and, you know, rather than just kind of going along with it happily. But maybe we'll see more of that in the next flashback episode. Who knows? Yeah, so season two, episode five, uh, just, just to give a little peek into the future, it's going to be called Deathstroke. Oh, boy. With the team, <clears throat> the team in upheaval, the Titans do everything in their power to save Jason's life. But when Deathstroke demands they turn over Rose, the dilemma threatens to tear the team apart. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. See, th- thinking about what's going on in the present day of the show is already boring me again. I would rather just see more of this flashback stuff. It's just, just more interesting. I mean, like, I think Aqu- Aquila was actually not that bad. I just thought the suit was kind of silly, in my opinion. It was uh, silly, but was it really any sillier than anyone else's costumes? I mean, look that at those. That is a very fair look point. At those hawk and dove costumes with the, the wings and the feathers. I just, they look so stupid. I just think it's so funny that, like, in one in one uh, variation of the Titans, which is Young Justice, Aqualad is like gay and has a boyfriend and is happy now, and everyone's excited. And in yeah, this one, oh, he's just shot dead by Deathstroke. <laughs> Fuck him. It's a different character. It's not Garth. Uh, in in the Young Justice timeline, Calder became Aqualad okay. instead of Garth. Garth isn't there two Aqualads? The... Isn't their version of Garth like at Atl- in Atlantis? Yeah, Garth is there. Uh, Garth. The, there's an episode where he goes in the first season where he goes back to Atlantis, and Garth is there. And also, what's her name? The girl that will later be Aqua Girl. I forget what her name is, but they're yeah. both there. And it's it's implied that Garth could have become Aqualad, but it ended up being Calder instead. Uh so in that in the, so yeah, so it's a totally different version of the character. Uh bef- before we get going, uh just wanna give a quick shout out once again to uh Struggle Sessions own Leslie Lee the third. In anticipation to this episode uh, he kind of just said it best. The best part about DC streaming service is the comic book library, and maybe just go read the comic books. Uh, yeah, I kind of wonder whether or not the com- the DC's comic library and comic reader will survive when the streaming service inevitably gets rolled into... Like the HBO Max. The comic reader is just a little side app that comes included with your HBO Max subscription, but I'm not really optimistic about that. It's possible that it'll just disappear, which I think is a shame because I because it's a good library. So yeah. I guess for the price of admission, hey, you get a lot of back orders of comic books. That's like a whole lot of like tradebacks theoretically. Um, uh, uh, I don't particularly care because I still just pirate everything. As I said, like I have access to a DC Universe account that I don't pay for, uh, but I end up just downloading the episodes anyway. You know what? That's a good idea, folks. If you're going to see Titans, just pirate it. Yeah, don't con- don't contribute to their numbers and clicks. They haven't they they haven't earned it. They really did not. It's it's uh it's a train wreck of a show. The only reason I think we keep watching it is simply because we are in awe of like reveals and twists. And it's just become like this. Okay, what are they going to do now? How are they going to handle this? 
only keep watching it week to week because uh, of this show that we're doing. If I hadn't signed up to do this with you, then I wouldn't. I don't exactly. I would maybe wait till all the episodes were out and watch them sometime when I'm bored and possibly drunk. But uh, yeah, watching this show week to week is a is not a fun experience. I said some nice things about this episode, but I just want to be clear. It is a bad show. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're upset at me and you think I'm a troll and a hater uh, for not liking the show, you might just be a bad person. If you like this show and think it's good, you're probably just a bad person. I'm sorry it's to have to tell you that. It's bad. It's bad, folks. Like, there's a lot better shows out there. Go see The Boys on Amazon or if Pirate were... the Boys on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, if I were to rate this episode like Judd if i'm grading on a curve based on like how bad this show normally is i'd say this one's a solid b you're going you're going letter grade i give it a full two out of five spicy sodas (laughs) uh i mean my grade was based on like a curve comparing it to the rest of the show overall oh uh if i had to give it like an actual letter grade i would say this is a solid d plus do what is otherwise an f yeah, like, show, I, like if show, I had to go by a percentage score, it's a fifty percent, which is an F. I'd say the show overall is definitely an F, maybe a D. E, no, it's it's a big fat F overall. But this episode, I would say, is maybe even a C minus. Yeah, this uh, is like a, a little up there. This is this is uh, this, it's no hawk. Once again, I'll say the Hank and Don episode's the best episode. Yeah, you don't have to see anything else. This uh, one, everyone just says quality. it's good after seeing the pilot. The, there's no pilot, fucking police department the anymore. Good. The pilot sucked. It's a piece of shit. I don't, know, what, shit I don't know who these people are. I'm are they watching the same show I have? Because I know I, I can't... I know I fucked up this episode, but I'm pretty sure I'm well aware of more of what's going on than these people. I'm glad to not know or be associated with any of these people you know who like the show. Anybody I know that I tell that I'm watching this or like doing this podcast, they're just kind of like, why? Why would you do that? Who gives a shit? Oh, that that tells uh, me. I, yeah. Yeah. Tell me that to Jack and Ian. These people are just like, stop talking about Titans on the show. We, and it's like, okay, well, I guess I got this then. Yeah, my, so, my perception of how an average person would feel about the show is either thinking it sucks or being completely indifferent and not giving a shit. Apparently, Jordan keeps telling me there are people that like it, and those people may even be listening uh, to this now and getting mad at us. The so to those people, like, I say... What is this show you're talking about? It's called Titans. It's on the DC streaming service. Everywhere else, it's on Netflix or some other place that's not DC if Universe. you don't know what we're talking about, I really don't know why you're listening to this. Uh, there must be something really wrong with you. We are talking about Temptation Island on the USA Network... This is game shows, I suppose. Uh, uh if you are this imaginary person who doesn't know what Titans is, is listening to this, there's something wrong with you, but not as wrong as there is something wrong with people who watch the show and like it. Uh, it those people are really messed up. It's a messed up show. Go I'm read comics. Fans of Titans, I'm worried about you. Find the help you need. Uh, and learn to develop better taste eventually. But he's getting a Nightwing suit and the Scrimmistics! 
I don't give a shit show. about any of that. It's a legit show. It's all fan service bullshit that doesn't really escalate to anything meaningful. That's all it is. It's the oh you wanted love triangle between uh Corey and Donna and maybe Batgirl in season four. We'll give it to you. We'll we'll make sure all your fan fiction fantasies are come true. We have Jason Todd now. They're gonna fight. Next season they're gonna be Tim Drake, and everyone's gonna be like, Oh my god, the Bat Family. Fuck off. It's not a good show. It's not good. All right, so folks, I think we'll leave you with that. Um, as, as I always say when I'm signing off this program, it's time to be Batman. Get back!